Welcome to the King's Chapel Alaska podcast. From wherever you are listening, we are so excited that you tuned in today. Let's prepare our hearts to hear from God's Word. Praise God. Well, let's give Jesus a hand tonight if you love him. Come on, do you love him? Praise the Lord. Let's all lift our hands all over this church before we sit down. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you for your wonderful anointing that's in this place tonight. We expect great things to take place. Lord, I pray you open up the windows of heaven over this house tonight. Pour us out a blessing that we don't have room enough to contain in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, we declare before this week comes to an end, we will hold our testimonies in our hand in Jesus' name. Whatever was sent by the enemy to destroy us, we ask you blow your breath from heaven and blow every wicked thing out of our life, out of our homes, out of our relationships, out of our bodies in the mighty name of Jesus. And if you believe it, lift up a shout of praise tonight. Hallelujah. Praise God. You can be seated. Welcome to every person watching online. Listen, do us a favor. Take a minute, share the Facebook Live broadcast because there are people all around the United States and around the world that need a word from the Lord. And I believe tonight's the night they can receive it. Amen. As Pastor was just saying, we see that happen all the time. Miracle testimonies coming in from people watching the Facebook Live broadcast. And the reason is, is because the Word of God has no limitations, knows no boundaries. It doesn't, you know, listen, I love this. You don't have to be in proximity of the person to receive a miracle. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 8, Jesus talked to the centurion soldier. He said, my servant's all the way back at my house. And Jesus said, listen, I'll come and, I'll come and heal him. He said, you don't have to come. I know what kind of man you are. You're a man of authority. Speak the word only. And Jesus said, man, I ain't never seen faith like this in all of Israel. And he spoke a word from where he stood. I feel the Holy Ghost in here tonight. He spoke a word from where he stood. And where that man was, he got his miracle instantly. Whether you're here in the church tonight or you're watching on Facebook Live, we're going to speak the word to you, and you're going to receive an impartation from the Holy Ghost tonight in the mighty name of Jesus. If you believe it, shout aloud, amen. I'm telling you, I've been looking forward to coming. My first time in Alaska, and I'll tell you what, it is gorgeous. I'm, in, I'm on overload mode because it's like every direction you look, there's something photographable. It's like on my drive, I'm like keeping myself from just, while I'm driving, photographing every mountain peak around the car. How can you like look out every window of any building and there's a gorgeous mountain with snow on it? I've never, I've never been to a place like that. It's so beautiful here. And uh, it's, I'm enjoying already in just two days my first time in Alaska. And I know it won't be my last. I love this place already. So amazing. And I know God's got something supernatural happening in Alaska. And uh, what an amazing church that King's Chapel is. I'm telling you, we spent the morning at uh, Eagle River with Pastor Gill and Rosie. I'm telling you, Holy Ghost is moving. I, I told you, I said this to them. I said, you know it's good. As a preacher, you, you kind of feel some things sometimes. And I said, you know, there's times you can feel resistance from people. They, they're trying to hold back on what you're saying. It was a free flow in the Holy Ghost. I felt no resistance, power of God flowing and moving. And it's amazing to see as people are being touched all over this state and all over the United States and around the world by the mighty power of God. 
Let me encourage you in case somebody gave you a different report. We are living in the greatest day that there ever was to live in. Jesus Christ is getting ready to come back to this earth. And I'm going to tell you something that's so awesome. Don't believe the lie that you may have heard from people that this generation's not interested in the things of God. Don't listen, look, don't look, don't get your truth from the Pew Research Group or from Barna Reports. Because listen, people may not be interested in religion, but everywhere I've been around the world, when they see the power of the Almighty God, they are hungry for a supernatural encounter with the power of God. Hallelujah. And I'm telling you, we're not interested in form. We're not interested in fashion. We're not interested in religion. What we are interested in is an encounter with the Holy Ghost. And I asked the Lord already, I said, God, let this be a week of divine encounter in Jesus' mighty name. So here's what I prayed for you. I said, God, whatever has been sent to attack them, this is the week that we go on attack against it in Jesus' name. Whatever, listen, there's people you may, maybe you've been battling addictions. Maybe you've been battling depression or anxiety. Maybe sickness or disease in your body. Maybe something that's been attacking your relationships or your children aren't serving the Lord. I believe that before this week comes to an end, that we can lift our hands and by faith declare, as for me and my house, we serve the Lord. That we can declare, it is well in my body. It is well in my soul. It is well in my relationships. It is well in my finances. Why? Because there's nothing God can't do. I said, there's nothing God can't do. I've heard preachers say stuff like this. Well, brother, there's nothing too hard for the Lord. And I always stop and think. I said, when you say the word too, that actually alludes to the fact that there's degrees of difficulty. Nothing too hard. So some things are a little hard, but nothing's No, for the God you serve, let me remove the word. There's nothing hard for the God you serve. Everything is easy for the God you serve. I said, everything is easy. You're not hearing what I'm saying, but colds and cancer cells respond the same to the God you serve. Death and disease respond the same to the God that you serve. There is nothing hard for God. So get your, get your faith ready. Get your faith stirred up. Because, listen, as much as you can believe him, that's as much as he can do for you. And then the Bible tells us, Paul taught the Ephesians, he'll actually exceed your expectations. Ephesians 3.20, now unto him who is able to do exceeding, abundantly, and above all that we could ask or think. According to what? The power that works in you. So what is he able to do? He's able to exceed your expectation. Exceed your expectation. So here's what I'm encouraging you for the week. Get your expectation on the biggest thing you can possibly believe for and then watch as God exceeds it in Jesus' name. Woo, hallelujah. I said hallelujah. I feel like preaching tonight. Amen. Because I had, I, I had really downloaded a really relevant sermon from sermonspice.com, but I'm going to preach. Because I, I did that. When I was filtering the messages, I hit relevant and I hit for now and it was... It was going to be great, but I feel like flowing on a real service. That's for the younger, that's for the younger crowd. I'm, listen, I, I'm so excited and happy to be here. I looked at Pastor uh, Daniel tonight as he was standing up here on the platform, and I found my long-lost and more handsome twin brother. <laughs> I looked up, I said, that's what I'm going to look like in about one and a half years. Amen. And uh, I knew it was going to happen sooner or later. 
But I am so happy to be here with you. Thank you for having me. It means a lot to me. It's an honor to be with you guys. And I've been fasting and praying and saying, God, let this be a changing week. I'm serious about this. I'm not, I didn't come here to preach three, you know, four exciting services and we all shout and run around and leave the same way we came in. I'm saying, God, things are changing in the mighty name of Jesus. We're never going back to the way things were in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. If you keep a, a journal or that, write it down. This is the week my life is changing forever in the mighty name of Jesus. How many believe that will be your story? Amen. I want to give kisses to my wife that's watching online. She wishes she could be here. She is anointed. She is, let me tell you one thing I love about my wife. She does it all. Literally, I, I look at my wife and I thank God for how anointed she is. She's not just an anointed wife and great to me. She's not just an anointed mom. We have three kids. I have a daughter that's nine, a daughter that's five. So I, I grew up first. You know, our, our, uh, our kids that were first were daughters. So you know what I mean? I wouldn't expect in the third that was a boy, everything changed with a boy. Everything changed with a boy. You know, I grew up with the sweet little Disney princesses, daughters, and, you know, my, my living room looked like the beaches of Normandy with naked Barbies all over the floor. And it, 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 it was, you know, it was so different. And so I, I'm sweet little kissing their little emotional feelings and loving on my, my little girls. And then a boy came. And I got a little gangster in the house. I'm going to be honest with you. I wasn't used to someone just walking in the room and punching you in the stomach for no reason. <laughs> You're like ready to vomit. Like, my God, hit me right in the right spot. And, uh, it's, you know, you go pick him up from the nursery, and he's running dice games with other babies and making money. You know, I just, I'd never seen anything like it. And I, I, I told him, I said, you can keep it going as long as you keep tithing to my ministry. Amen. So, uh, <laughs> But... Not, not only is she an anointed mother to our three children, and she homeschools two of them now. My oldest two uh, children are homeschooled by my wife. She's doing a phenomenal job. We do that so we can stay traveling on the road together. We want to be together. We want to do this ministry that God's called us to together. Amen. I told her, I said, I don't know how. If I had to leave for 275, 280 days a year and say goodbye to the family, I don't know that I could do that. So I thank God for a woman like her who has answered the call of God with me. I'm not the only one that's called. She's called. And uh, she has done something so phenomenal in the last couple months. God put it on her heart to minister to women. And she started a group called Nonstop Mom. And uh, on her website, nonstopmom.net, she's releasing articles all the time. She has a podcast that comes out every Friday where she's talking to young women, to mothers, all kinds of things to build your faith, put you on another level. And uh, she just started a, a private Facebook group where she's going live on Facebook and talk. She just interviewed my mother, uh, who I think did a pretty phenomenal job. Uh, no, <laughs> she, she just interviewed my mom about marriage and about ministry. Awesome stuff that, you know, my mom's been in the ministry for now 45 years almost and married to my father, faithful, and it's been amazing. So I want to encourage you to check it out, and she'll, I'm sure, uh, you'll be seeing her at some point before Jesus comes, but she is anointed, and I want to give her a kiss that's watching online. I love you. Carolyn, you're wonderful, and I miss you, and uh, I'll talk more about it later. Amen. With you personally. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> you know, when you travel... When you travel all the time, you got to get your loving in where you can. Amen. Praise God. So I just say, I love you. Praise God. See, I grew up watching my dad kiss my mom on the front row. You know, when you're in church every single night, you got to make it work. Hallelujah. Amen. Dude, you still there? Did I cut you a couple of religious people? You all right? 
<laughs> Paul said, faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these, my God, is love. I feel the Holy Ghost in <laughs> it. <laughs> Woo, glory to God. Somebody's marriage is getting healed. I feel it in the Holy Ghost. <laughs> no, this is a youth conference, marriage. I don't know what we're doing. Okay. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. I said that earlier about this being the greatest day to live because of the fact we are so close now to the return of Jesus Christ. Now, we know that it's a signless coming, that, you know, no man knows the day or the hour that Christ will return. The Bible says he'll come like a thief in the night, you know, meaning he'll come without warning. And we'll, in the blink of an eye, we'll all be changed. Amen. So that's how urgent it is that we live for God. That's how urgent it is that we go after souls and bring them into the kingdom because time's running out. And, and, and I preached a little bit of this this morning when I was in Eagle River, but I talked about the fact that Jesus said, in John chapter 9 and verse 4, that we've got to work the works of him who sent me while it's yet day. For the night is coming where no man can work. So I want you to say this with me, everybody that's here. Night is coming. That speaks of urgency. That there's a, I, I call the gospel a limited time offer. Because it's not going to be available forever. And the moment that time runs out, there will be no more hope for those that have, don't have Christ. So that means that as we're living in this generation, we've got to be doing all that we can do to see a generation change before it's too late. We don't have 30 years to spare. We can't sit around and waste time for 20 more years. Jesus is coming so soon. If I could impress anything on this younger generation, it's this. And see, when I was growing up in Pentecostal church, this was talked about often. And, and we called this doctrine the imminent return of Christ. It means that we always had our mind on the fact Christ could come at any moment. And we lived like he could come at any moment. Our decisions were based on the fact he could come at any moment. That's why we always kept in our mind, I've got to live to please the Lord. My life must please the Lord. And now there's been a demonic message that's tried to spread its way through the body of Christ. It's a hyper grace message that tells us we don't have to worry about our actions. We don't have to worry about our decisions because it doesn't really matter what we do anymore. All that matters is what Jesus did. But I serve a God that still expects his children to have a responsibility to obey his mighty word. Hallelujah. I said something today that I think is not popular in this generation, and I said this. A lot of people want to have a Savior, but almost nobody wants a Lord. Jesus is not just my Savior, he's my Lord. There's a, it, look, it's different to have a Savior and to have a Lord. A Savior's one thing, a Lord's another thing. I was given the example this morning if, uh, if Pastor Gill had uh, fallen into a rushing river and uh, I'd seen him and he was about to drown going down through the rapids and if I reached out and got a branch and held it out to him and he caught a hold of it and I pulled him up onto the shore, at that moment I became his savior. But that doesn't mean he has to do what I tell him for the rest of his life because I'm his savior but I'm not his Lord. And see, Jesus doesn't just want to be your savior. 
He's looking for people who obey his word, that will do what he tells them to do, that will go where he tells them to go, that'll say what he tells them to say. I'm not just looking for a savior, but I want to serve a Lord tonight. Hallelujah. I want to go where he tells me to go. I want to do what he tells me to do. And I want to be unashamed of the fact that I belong to him. If you believe that, shout amen. It's funny the kind of preaching we get on Christian TV nowadays. You know, it's, it's funny because it's preaching that's geared to pull shouts out of people because a lot of people are telling you what you want to hear, but that's not found in the Bible. You know, I, I can't get with these guys that get on TV. I came to tell somebody, it doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what you're doing right now. Get out of the bed with your girlfriend. God's got an increase coming to you. God's got a double portion coming to you. There's multiplication. This is your season of under. I was like, no, it ain't. <laughs> no, it ain't. You can't get on television and prophesy to 300 million people this is your season of increase because not all of them are going to obey the word. Not all of them are going to live holy. Not all of them are going to live set apart. And if you want the blessings of God, you've got to obey the word of God. Hallelujah. I still believe in obeying the mighty word of God. What kind of a day? I, I never thought we'd get to a day. Where people would say, oh, you can be blessed without obeying the Bible? I didn't think we'd ever get there. But, you know, I should have because it was prophecy. The Bible says in the last days you'd have people who have a form of godliness but deny the power of God. You'd have people who have itching ears that just want to hear what makes them feel good. The Bible says you'd have people who the, their hearts or the love that they have for God will grow cold and many would begin to fall away. This is just another sign that Jesus is getting ready to come back. I don't know about you, but I'm getting ready to get hotter, not colder. I said, I'm getting ready to get hotter, not colder. As others are cooling off, I'm just warming up, baby. As others are cooling off, I'm just getting started. You ain't seen me become obedient yet. You've not seen me live holy yet. I'm about to go harder for God than I've ever gone. I'm just getting started, baby. If the devil was mad already, get ready. You're about to grind your teeth to the nubs, baby, because I'm getting ready to do more for Jesus in 2019 than I've done in the history of my life. Hallelujah. How does it come? Obedience to the word. Woo, whatsoever he tells you to do, do it. As my dad preached for years, Nike owes Mary a lot of money because she was the first one to say, just do it. <laughs> just do it. Whatever he tells you to do, do it. We pick and choose a lot of times what parts of the Bible we want to obey. It's dangerous to do. You know, all it takes, here's an interesting thought. It doesn't take 10 generations to lose a nation only takes one. Doesn't take ten. Takes one. I want to show that to you in the word real quick before I'm gonna to minister to some people tonight, pray for you. You're gonna be touched and changed by God's power. But before we do that, I want you to have a basis or a foundation of the word to understand where we're headed. See, because here's the thing: you can get a touch in a meeting that will change you and bless you.
But if you're not grounded in the word of God, then you'll go right back to where you came from because you don't have the anchor where you need to be to stay where God put you. That's why people that win the lottery, 85% of them within a year are bankrupt and addicted to drugs. Because they didn't get there by their character, and they didn't get there by their gift, and they didn't get there by their talent. So when they get that increase, they don't have the strength to keep it because their character didn't get them there. And if you can take the character from the word of God, then when God gives you a miracle, you won't need 20 more next month. You'll still be where you are and increase by his power. This word will keep you grounded. Amen? Amen. So I'm going to jump to three passages because it's a progression. It's a progression. Starts with God giving an instruction. Then, watch, here's part two. Your reaction to his instruction. And then part three, the result of your reaction to his instruction. So it's a three-part thing. Starts, God gives an instruction. Always happens this way. This will be for the rest of time. This is how it works. God gives you an instruction. Then there's your reaction to his instruction. And then there's the result of your reaction to his instruction. And it always happens in that three-part way. The first instruction I'm going to show you tonight happened in Deuteronomy chapter 7, verses 5 and 6. I know we got a lot of young people. I, I always like to read from the New Living Translation from a lot of young people because it's very easy to understand. And it'll get into your spirit. It'll get into your spirit the meaning of what the writer was trying to get across. You know, uh, verse 5, look at this. This is interesting because God's taking his children out of bondage and into the promised land. But he said, when I get you in there, I got a few extra instructions for you so that you don't fail when you get into your promise. It's, It's not a good thing to get into your promise and then burn out. You don't want to get into a place where God's got your blessing hanging out and then you get it and then you die the next day. It's not the place you want to be. I heard a lot of people talking about you don't want to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. Let me tell you another thing you don't want, to be in the wrong place at the right time. Because if you're in the wrong place at the right time, God could be pouring out blessings over there. It's the right time, but you're somewhere wandering around over here. It's the right time, but you're in the wrong place. I think that's even more dangerous than wrong place, wrong time. Because, see, when God's moving, I want to be where he's moving. When God's doing something supernatural, I want to be right in the middle of it. I don't want to be on the outskirts. I don't want to be on the fringes of his move. I want to be right in the middle of what he's pouring out. I want to be drenched and soaked with the mighty favor of God as he's pouring out blessing. And there's only one way to get there. Instruction, reaction, result. And so he gives them an instruction first. Check it out. Uh, Deuteronomy 7, verses 5 and 6. He said, this is what you must do. You must break down their pagan altars and shatter their sacred pillars and cut down their Asherah poles and burn their idols. Who's he talking about? The pagan people living in the land of promise. He said, I'm going to take you in there. There's already people in there. But when you get in, don't intermingle with them. Don't matter how hot their women are, don't marry them. I don't care how good they look in skinny jeans, don't get with them. Are you hearing what I'm saying? He said, I don't care what their filters look on Snapchat, do not DM them. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because, see, not everybody's for you. 
Man, I'm preaching tonight now. Not everybody's for you. You got people that are hurting today because they're connected with people that are not for them. I'm preaching now. And so you got people in your life that if you're not discerning, you will hook yourself up with somebody just because they're sitting in a pew of a church. But guess what? The devil goes to church too. The devil knows the Bible too. And you got to be discerning in who you hook yourself up with. Because if you don't, you'll find out real quick that two people can be connected and be pulling in opposite directions. And you know what you get then? Tension. Tension. It's a tug of war game between you being tugged towards the things of God and the person that has no desire to be connected to the things of God pulling you towards the things of the world. That's why most young people, if they're not uh, disciplined in their life with Christ, what ends up happening, because many of them are so hardcore looking for love because they didn't get it at home because the devil hates fathers. Oh, my goodness. The devil hates fathers. So the devil's in all-out war against fathers. He's trying to pull fathers out of homes. He's trying to get fathers to commit adultery so that the mother will find out and leave, so that the kids will grow up in a broken home, so that the kid now has this picture, oh yeah, I know what a father is. A father cheats on your mom and never comes back. A father goes out for cigarettes on Christmas Eve and we never see him again. A father never comes to any of your games. A father doesn't support you. You can't even track a father down to get child support. And the reason the devil wants us to hate fathers is because if you can't trust a father you can see, you'll never trust a father you can't see. And see, just by doing this in the second person, the devil's trying to smear the reputation of your heavenly father. Because if all you think about fathers is that they're horrible and they got nothing good to offer you, what are you going to do when it's time to trust a heavenly father that you can't see? So the devil went to war with fathers. He couldn't take out that father, so he's trying to take out your father. And if you are a father, he's trying to take you out and God's looking for some strong men that'll declare as for me and my house we will serve the Lord sin will not take me out sin will not destroy my marriage sin will not take out my children as for me and my house we will serve the Lord devil went to war with fathers because he knows if I can take the father out, I can break down the family unit. And see, this whole thing we got here is a family unit. We're a family. We're not single superstars in the body. We're not lone rangers in the body. We're a family in the body. And I encourage, I always encourage people, every member of the family is important. Paul taught that to the Corinthian church. He said, listen, which one of you can say to the other, we don't have need of you? Can your eye say to your ear, I don't have need of you? Can your arm say to your leg, I don't need you? No. I need my arms and I need my legs. I need my ears and I need my eyes. And if you're in the body of Christ, your life is important. Your purpose is real. And your life is vital in these final moments of time. And what God's put in your heart, you've got to carry out because time is running out. 
And the devil hates fathers. He wants to destroy the authority in the home. Take out the authority. Break down the authority. And if you do, the fight becomes easier. That's why we're raising up a generation of young men that are holy. That won't fall into the temptations of sin. Not going to sleep around on our wife. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Not going to go home and drink a fifth of liquor. And then start beating my kids. You're not going to hear about it. Why? Because God's raising up a new generation of holy people. Doesn't matter what's going on in the past. Doesn't matter what happened generations before you. Don't talk to me about generational curses. Christ became a curse for us so that it's written, cursed is every man that's hung upon a tree. Christ has redeemed us from the curse. What God is blessed, no man can curse. Don't talk to me about a generational curse. The curse ends with you. Ends with me. Ends with you. What touched previous generations won't touch you in Jesus' name. Well, brother, you know, uh, cancer has just run through my family. It stops with you in Jesus' name. You know, diabetes has run through my family. It's done with you in Jesus' name. Your kids will never suffer with what your parents suffered with. You hear me tonight? It's ending with you. And the devil went to war with fathers because he couldn't touch the heavenly father. He's trying to touch the earthly fathers. And so God said, when you get into that promised land, don't mess around. Don't get intertwined and intermingled, unequally yoked with pagan people. What do, let me ask you a question. People say, well, brother, people at my, at my work, they make fun of me. They know I go to a Pentecostal church. Who cares? Why do I care about the opinion of an unregenerated person, a reprobate, that has no covenant with God? What do I care about that opinion? I ain't looking for your hearts. I ain't looking for your retweets. I'm not looking for your likes or your shares. I'm not looking for that. What I'm looking for is approval from one person, and his name is Jesus. And if he's happy with my life, I don't care who's unhappy. Should I have preached the other downloaded message tonight? I don't if God's happy with your life, who cares who's unhappy? And I'll tell you why that's the case. Paul let us in on the secret in the book of Romans. He said, because if God be for you, tell me who can be against you. Well, maybe if they find out that I'm a tongue-talking Christian, they'll try to keep my promotion back. Let them try. Let them try. Because promotion don't come from a manager. Promotion don't come from a regional director. Promotion don't come from a CEO. The promotion doesn't come from the east or the west or the south. But promotion comes from the Lord. And he alone decides who will rise and who will fall. <laughs> Look, if you're taking notes, write it down. You can't stop me because you didn't start me. You can't stop me because you didn't start me. <laughs> Maybe you could stop me if you were the origin of my power and you were the origin of my increase and the origin of my covenant. But you can't stop me because you didn't start me. Now unto him who is the author and the finisher of my faith. God started me on my way and he's faithful to keep me on my way.
You can't stop me because you didn't start me. Somebody shout it. You can't stop me. You didn't start me. He who started you is faithful to help you finish. Yes, he is. I said, yes, he is. So he gave him an instruction. Hear me, young people. So vital you get this. He said, here's why you got to burn all their stuff down. Because they're a ho- you're a holy people who belong to the Lord your God. Of all the people on the earth, the Lord your God has chosen you to be his own special treasure. In case you've not declared that in a while, say it. I am the Lord's special treasure. And then the Bible says we have this treasure hidden in earthen vessels. We are the vessels that holds heaven's treasure. We are the vessels that holds heaven's treasure. So when the devil tries, oh my God, I feel like preaching this. See, because we live in a day right now where the number one thing the devil's trying to do is steal the joy of God's people. Right now, they've released studies that now it's the case in America that there's no other medication prescribed as much as antidepressants. One out of every four people in this nation is on an antidepressant. You hear me? More than heart medication, antidepressants are, are prescribed. You know why? See, look, I went to, I wasn't that long ago. I mean, long is a relative term. But I was in high school, you know, 20 years ago. I didn't know one person on an antidepressant. And I knew a lot of people. I didn't know one. You go to school now, everybody's on one. You got to, now they're making, they they got shows for us now to cater to that little spirit. And you watch all these however many reasons why on Netflix. And you want to go ahead and celebrate suicidal spirits. And you want to go around and act like, oh, she took the high road. Oh, yeah, she really let those people know that hurt her. And you've got it in our kids' minds now. All these reasons why it's okay to take your own life. Let me tell you, it's a spirit. Spirit that is anti-Christ, that hates the image of God, that's been formed by the hands of God, and he'll do whatever he can to take you off the earth. The devil's trying to steal our joy. I said he's trying to steal our joy. But if there ever was a time that we need this message, hear this tonight, because the devil will tell you this, you're worthless. You might as well take your life. Even if you were gone, probably nobody even recognized the fact you were gone. Because nobody cares about you anyway. I stand at altars. Hear me. I stand at altars with students lining the altars with their hands lifted and tears coming down their face. And I look at their arms, cut marks from their wrist to the elbow. It's a demon. I'm not saying they're possessed by demons. I'm saying you can be oppressed by a devil that'll steal your joy and try to put oppression and panic and suicide on you. They don't need another piece of medication. They don't need to lay on a psychiatrist's couch. The Bible says that God has given us a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, and you can praise your way out of what the devil tried to put you in. And you rebuke that thing. And here's the thing. Let me give you something. If the devil ever tried to make you feel worthless and say you're nothing, you're nobody, might as well end it all. Here's the thing. Say this right back to him. See, if you ever were to go to the store, 
They have TJ Maxx up here. Target. I say you go to Target. You go to Target, get yourself a shirt. And you liked it, but you got home and didn't really fit. But you forgot to take it back for three weeks. You bring it back to the store and say, hey, I'd like to return this shirt. You know what the first thing they're going to ask you? Do you have the receipt? You got the receipt? Well, no, I, I lost the receipt. Oh, well, I started to tell you this. You paid 25 bucks, but the shirt went on sale. It's now $15. So if you don't have the receipt, we can only give you 15 See, and if you don't have a receipt, you can bargain or disagree and debate about the worth. If you don't have a receipt, you can debate about the worth. Woo, I feel the Holy Ghost. And see, if you have a receipt, I don't care if it's going on sale. If you're going to tell me it ain't worth what I say it's worth, doesn't matter. I'm just going to pop the receipt out on you, baby. Take a look at it. Here's what was paid, and here's what it's worth. And when somebody, some spirit, some devil tries to tell you you're worthless, say, hold on a second for a second, sucker. I got, I got the receipt right here. Pull it out and say, now look, 2,000 years ago, Jesus swiped his debit card of his blood and typed in the pin number of his grace, and he paid for me with his own precious blood. And now I can stand here tonight and tell you I can't be worthless because what he paid was priceless I can't be worthless because what he paid was priceless I can't be worthless because what he paid was priceless we've got the receipt pop it in the devil's face and tell me who do you think you're talking to who does he think he's talking to I'm not some little punk that doesn't know the word of God. I know, I know who I am. I know who he's made me to be. I'm a new creation. Old things are passed away. I don't listen. If the devil tries to remind me of things I've done in the past that God said I've already forgiven you from and I've taken those things and I've thrown them into a sea of forgetfulness to be remembered no more. God said this. He said, I'll remove your sins from you as far as the east is from the west. Now, I'm not a rocket scientist, but as far as I know with my limited knowledge, you can go out into space and travel east infinitely and west infinitely what God was trying to tell us was I have infinitely removed your sins from your life never to be remembered again so who does the devil think he is when he's going to come and remind you of something that God can't even remember anymore you tell him get out of my face you're a liar and you'll never be true Woo. One thing you should write down in your notes is that God, see, you got to keep it on both levels. There's some people that are really intellectual. Yeah. Mm, amen. Yes. Mm. Mm, yes. If you preach too long, you know, they tune out. So you got to come back and give them notes. What a deep word, brother. What a deep word. Put this in your notes. God cannot see what is not in the covenant. 
God cannot see what's not in the covenant. And I'm going to preach it to you from an actual story. The Bible said that God came to Abraham, who had already had two sons, and said to him about Isaac, take now thy son, thy only. He'd already had another son. But God said, take now your son, your only. How come God couldn't see his brother? Because his brother wasn't inside the covenant. His brother didn't come from instruction. His brother didn't come from promise. His brother came from Abraham's act of the flesh. And God can't see what you do in your flesh. He can only see what you do in the covenant. He can't bless what you do in your flesh. He can't recognize what you do in your flesh. He can only recognize what you do in the covenant. Oh, my goodness. Unless the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Abraham was trying to build a father of many nations out of his own flesh. But he said, no, I said your wife would have the baby. But, Lord, she's old and dusty. Let me tell you something. God beautifies the meek. Hallelujah. And the Bible declares that that old woman, became pregnant again it was the baby of promise and God said I can see that boy but I can't see that boy so take now your son your only son God can't see what's not inside the covenant oh my goodness Ishmael to this day is still fighting Isaac to this day they're still killing each other you know why? One's in the covenant and one ain't. And there'll always be tension between what's in the covenant and what's outside. Let me tell you something. There's two people on the inside of you. There's a covenant person and there's an out-of-covenant person. Paul taught it this way in Galatians 5.17. He said the flesh is constantly at war with the spirit. And the two natures never want to do the same thing. And so you've got two that are fighting to pull in opposite directions. And Paul said in 1 Corinthians 9.27, I have to put my body under on a daily basis. So that after having preached to other people, I myself may not become disqualified. Because there's two parts. Parts of you that are fighting to go opposite directions. Young people, you hear me in here. There's always going to be a part of you that wants to go the way of the flesh and do what feels good right now and go into things that have temporary pleasure. But there's another part of you, young people, that's pulling toward the things of God and saying, let God be true and every man a liar. I want to do what pleases my God. And the only way to see who wins that war is to check with the person in the middle. Because you're not a two-part being. You're a three-part being. You're a spirit that has a soul and lives in a body. The body's pulling toward the world. Spirit pulling toward God. And the mind's caught in the middle. And if you don't renew your mind. And if you don't set your mind on things above. Not on things of this earth. 
I used to have, when I was a youth pastor for 10 years, I used to have young people come to me and they say, oh, Pastor Ted, man, I really, I love your preaching. I, I really want to stay holy until marriage and separated, set apart and pure and all this. But these girls, man, these girls, are, they're coming at you every day. And, they, you know, they're, they're, they're more aggressive than ever before. And they're fine, Pastor Ted. They're fine. They look so good, Pastor Ted. <laughs> Hashtag the struggle is real, Pastor Ted. And they say, I'm, I'm just having a hard time because I'm trying to stay holy, but I can't help myself. It feels like every time I get into it, I fall into temptation. I don't want to do it. I'm, and they say, well, Paul said, I find myself not wanting to do, but I want to please the Lord. Then I find myself doing the thing that's displeasing to the Lord. I can't, there's a tension going on and somebody's pulling this way and somebody's pulling, and I can't see. And I always ask them one thing, just one. I didn't say, well, brother, are you faithful to church every week? Hallelujah. Let me see your tithing record. Hallelujah. No. You know what I used to say? Let me see your phone. I said, let me look at your playlist. Let me check your playlist. Let me see what you're listening to on the bus. Let me see what you're listening to in your room. Let me see what you're listening to when you're working out. Let me see what you're listening to when you're in the car. Because it's real hard to stay pure until marriage when everything you're pumping in your ear is, girl, come over to my house and take off all of your clothes. It's real hard to stay holy when you're filling your soul with stuff that's pulling you into places you don't even want to go. So set your mind on things above and not on things of this earth. Make sure you've got yourself in a place where your mind is renewed. Where's your mind? Where's your mind? Where's your mind? So you got to ask yourself, where's my mind today? Where's my mind today? How in the world? Do you cleanse that mind so that it fights with your spirit against your flesh? See, if you've never seen this before, I want to show you an illustration that will help you remember forever. I've done this for years, for years and years. Can I use these two guys here with the hat and the Nike shirt? Will you help me with this illustration? Do you mind? Come help me. I want to show you something. Come on, come on. Stand right here and here. See, come sit here. This, this man here going to represent my spirit because he looks strong and he looks. This going to represent my flesh because he looks handsome and he looks good. But I'm going to represent my soul. I'm the mind. You're the spirit. You're the flesh. But we're one person. So let's join together because we're one person. Now here's the problem is that that wall over there represents the things of God. That wall over there is the things of the flesh. No matter how long you live, this will happen to you. You'll pull towards the flesh. You'll pull towards the spirit. Pull me. And your mind is caught in the middle. And you don't know which way to go. <laughs> now watch. Come back. And here's what happens, is that two against one is always an unfair fight, right? So wherever your mind sides, 
is the winning side. Huh? See, you got to learn. Because I used to have a lot of young men that were newly saved. You know, coming off the street, get newly saved. I'd have to teach them how to walk with God. We would go in the summertime. We would take the whole youth group to the, to the water park. And I'd say, young ladies, help me out. Because we're going to the water park, but I got some newly saved young men. So keep your bikini bottoms at home. You know what I'm saying? Thanks for all the shouts. I'm talking real stuff. Because we're trying to train up young men in the way they should go. And you're just a bikini bottoms, bikini bottoms, bikini bottoms. I got some dude, I got some dudes barely saved, weak in the faith. We're trying to get them into holiness. You're taking them back to where they were. Help me. Help me. And if your soul sides with your flesh, my playlist is not right. What My web history is not right. I'm preaching real good. Some of y'all think you had it covered because you opened up a window that wasn't trackable. Thank you. Some of y'all, some of y'all thought you were cool because you opened up a Google Chrome incognito window and thought, yeah, my parents can't even get on this because this is a privately browsed browser. They, they, they can't even check it on the app. Thanks for the shouts. How come we ain't got no Jericho marches going right now? How come nobody ain't running around the room right now? Where'd all my amen section go? You start preaching real, people need to hear it. Some of y'all, it ain't drugs that's got you bound. It's your Snapchat account that's got you bound. And if I don't renew this, then what ends up happening now, you're my spirit, and I wish I could do what you want to do, but now flesh come and take his other arm over here on the other side, and spirit is going to go where we tell him to go. And we're going towards the things of this world. Spirit don't want to go, but it's two against one, and he's got no choice. Come on back. But there's power in renewing your mind. There's power in doing what God told you to do. There's not just in his instruction, but my response to his instruction. He said, renew your mind. Set your mind. Burn down the altars. Burn down the statues. Burn down the idols. Because listen to me. What you don't burn down will burn you down. So now, me and spirit are renewed. So flesh has to just shut up and go where we tell him to go. Why? Because now I'm putting my flesh under. Flesh can't guide me anymore. Flesh comes where we tell him to go. Thank you, guys. He comes to church on Sunday morning. Flesh don't feel like getting up early. He don't feel like putting his church clothes on. Doesn't feel like lifting his hands. But guess what? It's called a sacrifice of praise. You don't feel like doing it, but we're going to do it anyway. Because flesh don't run me, spirit runs me. Spirit runs me. Flesh don't run me. Amen? So he said, burn them down. All of them. But then let me show you a part two and then I'm going to pray. Bible says, Judges chapter 2, verses 1 through 3, listen to their response to God's instruction. The angel of the Lord went up from Gilgal to Bochim and said to the Israelites, I brought you out of Egypt into this land that I swore to give your ancestors and that I said I'd never break my covenant with you. For your part, you were not to make any covenants with the people living in this land. Instead, you were to destroy their altars, 
but you disobeyed my command. Now look at this. Why did you do this? So now I declare that I will no longer drive out the people living in your land. They will be thorns in your sides, and their gods will be a constant temptation to you. What you don't burn down will burn you down. What you don't burn down will burn you down. Watch this. What one generation tolerates, the next generation will celebrate. If you don't want your kids to be drinkers, don't drink. If you don't want your kids to be abusive, don't be abusive. You want your kids to walk in love, walk in love. Sow a seed into your kids' future and say, I'm going to burn these altars down now. Don't come into a therapy session say, well, my parents never loved me. Get over that and get into the Holy Ghost and let old hurts be healed and now become a man of God and a woman of God for your children. Well, I struggled growing up. The struggle's over. It's over. I said it's over. Somebody say, my struggle's over. He said, there'll be a constant temptation to you. Now, this blew my mind seven verses later. Seven verses later, something that hit me so hard that it crushed my spirit. I said, we cannot ever let this happen again. Judges chapter 2 and verse 10. After all this, that generation died. Another generation grew up who did not acknowledge the Lord or even remember the mighty things he had done for Israel. It don't take 20 generations. It only takes one. And if we don't burn it down now, it will burn us down. If we don't get sin out, sin will take us out. If you allow yourself to mess around with the things of this world and dabble in sin and think it's all right because, you know, God's grace covers it all. Past, present, future sins are already forgiven and nothing that I'm doing even makes any difference with my eternity. I still believe in a Bible that in the New Testament, Jesus showed up to his churches in the book of Revelation. He said, I got something against you. You don't love me like you once did. So return to your first love or I'll come back here and I'll remove your candlestick from among the churches. That ain't Old Testament, my friends. That is the resurrected and that is the glorified Jesus speaking to an end time church. I came to tell somebody tonight, God's looking for people who don't just want a savior, but they want Oh Lord, I want somebody that can take me into the blessing. I don't just need a Savior. I need a Lord. I need a Lord. I need somebody that's got an instruction for me. Woo. God don't give you an instruction because he wants to manipulate you. Like your Pinocchio. Going to church again. Give him a tithe. He ain't trying to manipulate you. In fact, his instruction to you functions much like a GPS. And I, for one, which is a crazy trait of, uh, to have as an evangelist, I'm horrible with directions. I'm required to travel all over the world, and I'm horrible with directions. My wife, being a very good and anointed wife, this was before we had, you know, smartphones with Google Maps on them. Back you had to go to Best Buy and get yourself a Garmin. 
<laughs> Some of y'all are like, y'all be like, what's a garment? <laughs> no lie. This is a true study that was done. They took rotary phones. Remember rotary phones? They took rotary phones, put them in a study room, and let a whole table full of millennials sit in there and try to figure out what they for. Nobody could figure out what they were. <laughs> Trying to heat up their coffee. That ain't a oven. <laughs> Things have changed, my friends. Some of y'all are old enough to remember when the people had a main line on your street and everybody was on the same. Ethel, get off the phone. I'm talking to my mom. Back when, you're not, back when your phone number was 42 Sycamore Way. <laughs> Call me, 42 Sycamore Way. But you need to understand something very important. God's instructions to your life work very much like a GPS, like Google Maps. And I love that. It's encouraging to me that that's how it works. Because my wife bought me that Garmin, popped it in the car, and because I wanted to feel like James Bond, I put that voice on a British voice. <laughs> and I took it for a spin. And I like what it does is that when you put in your destination, it actually paints the roads with a color. So you even know where you're supposed to be going. And do you know with all of that, I still got lost. I still took the wrong turn. It's like, oh, I'm here. I thought it was 500 feet. Now it's here. I don't. Got lost. But I noticed something. I'd never used GPS before, and I noticed something. That when I missed my turn, that that thing began to spin on the, on the GPS screen. Oh, hallelujah. I love the fact that the GPS did not take me back to my driveway to start the trip over again. It began to spin on the screen. And I heard a voice come through my speakers in the car, recalculating. I knew it was good because I didn't even know where I was, but that thing recalculated my route. And from where I was currently, it put me right back on track to get me where I was going. God's not going to take you back to the beginning of your life to start your life over again. But from right where you are tonight, he's recalculating your route and putting you right back on track again. You're only one turn away from the blessing of God. Somebody jump on your feet and lift your hands tonight and give God all the praise if you're happy about the fact you're only one turn away from the blessing. You hear me? Don't get discouraged because the devil tells you you're too far gone. He's a liar. I said he's a liar. You're only one turn away from the blessings of heaven. You're only one turn away as the musicians are coming back from the increase God has planned for you. Now you listen. Every person in this room, very important you hear what I'm saying, is that we're coming to the end of time. We're so close. I preached the whole message on it this morning. We're so close that we're already seeing signs for the second coming of Christ. Not the rapture. Rapture got no signs. The second coming of Christ. We're already seeing signs. You know what that means? How much closer are we to the rapture if we're seeing signs for the second coming? And that means that we have to live lives that are ready to see Jesus. I got to be ready. Some of y'all here, it's things that I've been mentioning tonight. Things I've been mentioning are what have you bound. You've got issues with relationships that have got you bound. 
you got issues with addictions that have got you bound. People don't even know that you found your parents' pills and you've been taking one a day and now you're addicted to a medication that you didn't even get prescribed. And your moms weren't aware of how those pills keep disappearing, but now you've got a narcotic in your body that you can't even get free from. And it leads to something where you got to find somebody who can keep giving them to you so your parents don't find out about it. You're broken and you're hurting. Maybe you came from a broken family. God's not done with you yet. Maybe you did come from a place where you didn't have the best foot forward. God's not through with you yet. God's got his power. It's available for your life. His glory is available for your life. Don't risk your future for a few moments of pleasure. Hear what I say. Because it may not just be young people. There might be people in this room, you're over 18. And you need God to make a change in your life. But you hear what I'm saying. Don't gamble with your eternity. With things that are just for a season pleasurable. Listen to me when I say this. Because every person, you listen, you got girls. Do you know girls are being exposed to pornography by 11 years old? Boys by 9 years old. 40% of mobile searches in America are for pornography. They are now pushing same-sex parents on kids' shows on our TVs and on our streaming devices so that our generation thinks it's normal for everybody to have a same-sex parent. Pushing a spirit of antichrist into every generation. We're taking it back in Jesus' name. The devil will not have this generation in Jesus' name. I said he will not have it. He'll not have you in Jesus' name. Listen, God's got a change for you tonight that's going to turn your whole life around. I said it's going to turn your whole life around. Don't let sin take you out. Your life is too precious for sin to destroy you forever. Jesus is coming. He's coming. I don't know if he'll come tonight because I don't know when he's coming. I don't know, so I'm ready now. I'll be ready tomorrow. If he doesn't come, I'll be ready next week. I'm not going to gamble with my future. Don't gamble with your future. Eternity's too long for us to play around. Let me tell you something. Ain't no sex worth losing your eternity over. Ain't no drug worth losing your eternity over. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Ain't no wrong relationship worth losing your eternity over. No. Tonight is a night of change. Tonight. I said tonight. We're not going back. This is our week to move forward. But listen to me. If we can't get this right, if we don't have this foundation, there's nothing more God can do for people that don't want him as a Lord. Let me give you one verse of scripture to stir your spirit up. Bible says, our God is a sun and a shield and he gives grace and glory and no good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly you know what people tell me I can't stand it people people say this to me you know what they say well brother Ted you know you preach like that but you know it's not possible for people to live free from sin I mean, we sin every day. I had a guy in Bible school tell me. He said, Brother Ted, you don't know what you're about. We, we sin every day. That's why I repent every night. 
He said, sometimes we sin and the Holy Spirit doesn't even tell us. We don't even know we sin. I said, you think the Holy Spirit's leaving that out on you? I said, you think he's that bad at his job? That he's not telling you when you sin? He's not bad at his job. You can live it. This will blow your all's mind. Jesus told two people before he even died, go and sin no more. Wasn't no bloodshed yet. Wasn't no resurrection yet. You know why? Because whatever God commands, he also empowers you to do. People read, people read verses like what Peter wrote, and they say, Be ye holy even as your Father is holy. Be ye holy for I am holy. How can you do that? You comparing yourself to God? You know what Jesus said? Be ye perfect even as your Father in heaven is perfect. What? Yeah. He commanded you to do it, so he empowered you to do it. From this night forward, you can be free from sin. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're in this church tonight, and you listen, you say, if Jesus came now, I am not ready. I know I'm not ready. There's things in my life holding me back from serving God. There are things in my life that are wrong, they're sinful, and I know they're standing between me and serving a holy God. Do not leave this church tonight the same way you came in. Do not leave this door without knowing heaven is your home. Jesus is your Lord. Don't gamble with your future another night. Your life's too important. I said your life's too important. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, if you said that's me, preacher, preacher, that's me. I want to know that I'm ready. I want sin out of my life. I don't want to miss my moment. I want to know I'm ready to see Jesus when he comes. If that's you, I want to pray with you tonight right where you're standing. Lift your hand and hold it high if you're ready to pray this prayer. I see it, I see it, I see it, I see it, I see it. See it, I see it, I see it in the back. See it over here, see it over here. Lift it and hold it high and don't be ashamed. If you want to know you're free from sin, now take a step of faith with your hand still lifted high. Jump out of your seat and come stand with me at God's altar. Come quick. Get out of your seat and come, 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 come. If you lifted your hand, come. If you lifted your hand, come. Don't wait. Don't wait. Come on. Come on, come on. Doesn't matter what. Anything is possible. No matter how old. Anything is possible. Anything is possible. Come on. Say anything is possible. Oh, anything is possible. Say anything is possible. Come, come, come. Jesus is calling. Say anything is possible. Anything is possible. Come on, come on, come on. Don't miss your moment. Anything is possible. Anything is possible. With Listen, listen, listen. I'm giving you one more moment. There's people, you're still in your seat because you think, well, I'm not here for a youth conference. Listen, don't mess around and miss your moment. Jesus is calling your name tonight. I tell people this one very simple thing. If Jesus is calling you, don't hit the red decline button. Answer the call when he calls because he might not call again. And if you're going to get a call from Christ and deny it, don't expect to get another one. We're not promised tomorrow. He could come tonight and your life is too important. So we're going to sing this one more time. And if you know you need to be here, who cares 
cares what somebody else might think of you? Who cares about their opinion? This is between you and Jesus. If you need to come, come now. Come now. Come now. Say anything is possible. Come on. Say anything is possible. With God on my side. Hey. Say it. Anything is possible. Anything is possible. With God on my side. Come on. Anything is possible. Anything is possible. With God on my side. With God. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Anything is possible. Anything is possible. With God on my side. Anything is possible. Anything is possible. With God on my side. With God on my side. Anything is possible. Anything is possible. With God on my side. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Who else? Anything is possible. Anything is possible. With God on my side. Come on. Come on. Anything is possible. Anything is possible. With God on my side. This is how much I love you. Listen. Close your eyes. Bow your head. Ask yourself a question. Can I look back over my life, even just in the last year that this, since January started? Do I know? I mean, I want you to ask yourself this and be serious. If the trumpet actually sounded, are you willing to stand in that seat and say, you know what, I don't need to come to the altar? If the trumpet sounded now, I mean, now, don't say, well, when I get home, I'll make it right. I just don't want to do it in front of people. You know what the Bible said? Jesus spoke and he said this. If you confess me in front of men, I'll confess you before my Father. But if you deny me in front of men. You know, people ask me this, Pastor. They say, why do you make people come to the altar? The reason we do is it's not because the altar saves you. It's not because the walk saves you. It's because God has asked us to make a public declaration in front of an assembly of people that I will serve the Lord. Listen, I tell people this. If you can't serve God in a room full of people that want you to, you'll never do it in a world full of people that don't want you to. We don't need any more camouflage Christianity. I'm not ashamed that I serve the Lord. And I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's the power. So let me ask you, with your eyes closed, you say, can I stand in this seat tonight and be honest with the Lord and say, if the trumpet sounded, I'm good to go. If you're not, take a moment as we sing it one last time and make this altar your night of a turnaround. Come on, sing it one more time. If you need to come, come quick, 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 quick. With Jesus God is on my side. Come on. Sing anything is possible. Hey, anything is possible. God bless you. God on my side. God bless you. Anything is, Anything is possible. With God on my side. Say everything is possible. With God on my side. Say everything is possible. With God on my side. We're still coming. Anything is possible. 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 Oh, anything is possible. 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 An
Everything is possible. Don't need psychologists. Don't need psychiatrists. Don't need psychologists. Don't need psychiatrists. Don't need psychologists. Don't need psychologists. Antidepressants don't work for me. Antidepressants don't work for me. Antidepressants don't work for me. I said, Antidepressants don't work for me. Antidepressants don't work for me. Don't need no Vicodin. Don't need no Vicodin. I don't need no Vicodin. Don't need no Vicodin. And you can keep your Red Bull. 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 Same spirit that raised Christ up from the dead. He dwells in me. Same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. He dwells in me. The same spirit that raised Christ up from the dead, he dwells in me. Don't need no Vicodin. Don't need no Vicodin. You can keep your Red Bull. You can keep your Red Bull. Antidepressants don't work for me. Antidepressants don't work for me. See, we're supernatural beings. I said we're supernatural beings. <laughs> we're supernatural beings. You can't admit a spirit to a hospital. What surgeon is going to cut a spirit out of your body? But tonight, the Bible says that the Word of God, Hebrews 4.12, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. You know what that means? God can perform a surgery on you in one moment. He can cut out what doesn't belong and add to you what does belong. Every head bowed. I'm going to lead you in this prayer. I want you to not mumble it under your breath. Don't whisper it. Say it boldly and with a loud voice, knowing that tonight everything's changing for you. Are you ready? Pray it with me. Say, Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for sending your son to die for me. I ask you now, forgive me for my sin. Make me new. Give me the power to live for you for the rest of my life until I die or until you come. Thank you, Lord, that tonight marks the night that I'm a new creature. I confess with my mouth, Jesus is Lord. I believe in my heart. You raised him from the dead. You said if I would do that, I would be saved. So tonight, I've been made new. And say this for good measure. Say, devil, take your hands off my life. You are trespassing on God's property. From this night forward, I serve the Lord. And I'm never coming back to an old way of living from this night forward sin has no dominion 
over my life. I belong to Jesus. If you believe it, lift your hands and thank God that you're free, free, free in Jesus' name. Yeah. With God on my side, say it. Lift your hands to the Lord. God's touching you tonight. You will never be the same again from this night forward. Every attack against your life is broken. Every attack against your emotions and your mind is broken. No more chains holding you, binding you. You are set free tonight. I set you free by the mighty power of the Holy Ghost. I take authority over every attack against your life and against your spirit. From this night forward, I declare you free, you foul spirit that would try to steal her peace and her joy. Go in Jesus' name. Lift your hands and thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Nobody like Jesus. Oh, my God. I'm telling you, something's getting ready to change. I said something's getting ready to change. Something's getting ready to change. I, I just heard this. Listen, everybody take one big step. Do you have any instructions for these people? Do you want to give any instructions for these that are? Here's what we're going to do. You just gave your life to Jesus. We want to be sure to help you grow in God. You don't have a home church. You make this place your home. We'll help you grow into things of the Lord. When the services concluded, Pastor Vince, my connect team, They'll be out there in the lobby, and uh, you just go ahead and give them Bible studies and hook them up with the next steps that you need to do. Listen, you pray the sinners for you need to get filled with the Spirit. You need to, come on, you need to renew your mind so you ain't pulled around by your flesh like you just preached. All right, you be sure to pick that up from our team on your way out at the end of the service. So let's just let the Holy Ghost do what He wants to do, do whatever you want to do. I heard the Holy Ghost just say this. As I was preaching, it bore witness my spirit. Every person in here tonight, whether you're still in your seat or you're up here, I want everybody at the altar to just take two big steps back because I heard the Lord say this is the next instruction. If you're in the room and the enemy has tried to attack your life with depression or anxiety, see, that's the track the Holy Ghost got us on. We're singing it. We're declaring it. If he's tried to come against you with depression, anxiety, panic attacks, spirit of fear, I want you to get out of your seat and come form a line at this altar. I'm going to lay my hands on you tonight. And every spirit that's come against your mind is leaving tonight in the mighty name of I said tonight in the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, say it. Whoa, anything is possible. Anything is possible. With God on my side. God on my side. Anything is possible.
See that? Look at this altar now. If you came for what I just called, lift your hand high. If that was you, lift it high. I want people here to see. I want people online to see. The devil is doing everything he can to destroy a generation. Let me tell you, by faith I declare this over your life. Tonight's the last night. I said tonight's the last night. Tonight's the last night. Tonight is the last night. I'd get happy if I were you. Tonight's the last night. No more depression. No more anxiety. No more panic attack. No more spirit of fear. Tonight is the last night in Jesus' name. Listen, the Bible gives us a promise, and you need to get it in your spirit. Anything in your life that has caused you to weep for longer than one night has overstayed its welcome. Weeping may endure for one night, but joy comes in the morning. Fire of God come upon her tonight. I lose joy, peace, love. Be free in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. I still believe in speaking in tongues. I still believe in the fire of the Holy Ghost. I still believe in the Pentecostal message that there's power in the Holy Ghost. Those of you that are still seated in your seats, lift your hands towards these precious people. They're going to worship. Pastor and I are going to come and lay our hands on you. Every one of you, God's going to touch you tonight. No more. I said no more. No more depression. No more anxiety. No more spirit of fear. No more suicidal thoughts. The devil's power is broken tonight in Jesus' name. Somebody shout, no more. more. Declare it, no more. Before we lay hands on you, every person you're watching online, and you say, I need that touch. I need that touch. The anointing knows no distance, no boundaries. We're going to pray for you first. You're going to receive a touch right through your device, phone, tablet, laptop, whatever. Unless you're driving a vehicle, lift your hands to heaven. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray for every person watching on Facebook right now, whether live or on the replay, I take authority over depression, anxiety, fear, panic attacks, suicidal thoughts. I rebuke it in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. I lose joy. I lose peace. I lose love in Jesus' name. Be free in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.